This is the Sergio Rodriguez Show. Welcome, everybody, to the Sergio Rodriguez Show, a show unlike any other. Today, week 10 in the NFL, a week that created some separation at the top in the AFC for the Titans, who we have to give a lot of credit to because they lost Henry a couple of weeks ago, and they have not lost the beat. In fact, they have a two-game lead now for the one seed, and I mean, they have the tiebreakers that work also in their favor. So you could almost make that a three-game lead moving forward. The AFC is also a little interesting because after this week, they ended up with five teams who have at least five wins competing for the wild card with the Steelers, the Patriots, and the Chargers who would be in if the playoffs started today. And of those teams, only the Patriots have six wins. The NFC picture is a little bit different. Tampa Bay is in a little bit of a funk right now. If they really are having their their eyes set on the one seed because now they are two games behind that, that seed and they also have the Cowboys above them. You know, the interesting thing is that, look, I didn't give them any respect last year when they went into the playoffs and went on their run. I didn't think they were that good. I mean, I thought they were a solid team, but they were a wild card team who needed to go on the road. And look, to their credit, they did. But they're, but it's shaping up again for them to have to go through three games again to get to the Super Bowl. And I just don't know if you can keep on doing that. Right? I mean, you, they caught lightning in a bottle last year and it worked out. I just don't know if it can happen again. Not to mention that if they stay in that four spot, that first game is going to be either against Arizona or the Rams. That's a tough game one. The race right now in the NFC is not so much necessarily to be the one seed. We get that. But the two and the three provide you a phenomenal springboard to round two. Because you're going to end up playing the Saints, the Panthers, the Vikings, the 49ers, the Falcons, or the Eagles. Those are going to be your wild cards. The Saints and the Panthers right now have five wins. The Vikings, 49ers, Falcons, and Eagles have four. 49ers have the easiest schedule of the bunch. But you just never know. But I would rather play one of those teams than have to deal with Arizona or the Rams game one. So that four seed, even though the game would be at home, That four seed becomes a tough, tough road to navigate to a Super Bowl. Although the Buccaneers do get to fatten up this week because they have the Giants coming to town. We're going to go over week 10 a little bit more in depth. We also will discuss a little bit of week 11 when we go over the uh, the gambling lines, let me tell you something. I am struggling this year 
with the gambling aspect of these picks in particular with 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 the totals which is weird because that's always been my bread and butter handing out winners left and right particularly with totals but i'm seeing a lot of a lot of strange a lot of strange things happening during some of these games that are supposed to go under and you know it's almost refereeing is playing a major factor into these into these games more so than usual who the referee is i should say i think for the first time that i can recall and i would have to go back and look at this my picks are under 500 past week seven and i've never had a season where i went under 500 but i don't ever remember being under 500 this late into the season i'm two games under right now the good thing is that there's an extra week this year so we could get a lot of dubs moving forward fairfield physical therapy center located in the fairfield commons suite g106 is owned and operated by Justin Solotov, who has 20 years of experience in the field of orthopedic physical therapy. Call Justin at 973-276-1313 and stop living with pain and discomfort. Epic Car Service, recognized as the number one service in New York City by medical transportation standards, located in the Bronx, New York, Epic Car Service will make your commute a safe and comfortable experience. Call Epic at 718-401-3742 or 844-666-6278. Lucimer Auto Body, located at 27 Austin Street in Newark, provides top-of-the-line service to make your collision experience as smooth as possible. Go to lucimer.com or call them at 973-824-0111. 49ers 31 Rams 10 let me read that again 49ers 31 Rams 10 and here's the simple thing to know about this game how do you get a team who has not won a game at home in over a year to win a home game Put Odell Beckham on the other team. The Odell effect. The Beckham effect. Even on the first drive, it it showed. They tried to get him the ball. Interception. I love it. (laughs) I love it. The funny thing is that next year, he'll be on a different team. And I don't know why, but the media and the young kids I'm going to say everybody younger than 30 act like this guy is important news. He's a number three receiver on any good team. Guy made one catch, one catch with sticky gloves in a game that they lost. Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't 
wasn't great, but he was good enough. And the defense for the for the 49ers was really, really phenomenal. You know, they, they, they got the pick six early in the game to put them up 14-0. And to be honest with you, the, the way that they played the Rams was really was really the way you have to play them to beat them. Now, look, the Rams were not sharp. Bunch of drop passes. They were not pass protecting as well as they normally do. But the 49ers kicked their butt up front. I mean, they held the Rams to the tune of 278 yards. An offense that has been clicking on all cylinders. Stafford's been bad the last couple of weeks. He was not sharp off target on a couple of throws. Cooper Cup, his usual good self, 11 for a buck 22. The interesting thing is that the interesting thing is that the Rams, the Rams now have a buy and they will in turn have to live with this loss for an extra week. And then when they come back, they're at the Packers. They're at the Packers. So that's the segue right there. Rams have a bye, but are at the Packers in two weeks. The 49ers travel to the Jaguars, a game that I'm I'm interested to see what the line of that game is going to be. I wouldn't be shocked if the Jaguars made this a game. Cowboys 43-3 over the Falcons. Really not much to say here. The game was over early in the first half. The Falcons only had 214 yards of total offense. They had three turnovers. And Dallas really was just lights out early in this game. Prescott 24 for 31 for 296 and two touchdowns. Cooper Rush got in the game to play a little. Uh, Zeke and Pollard combined for 82 yards. They each had, they each had one had 42, one had 41. Zeke had the two touchdowns in the game. CD Lamb had the big game, six catches for 94 yards. But like I said, not much to say here with, with, with that. The Cowboys next three, Next three games are going to be big if they want to stay out of that four seed like we spoke about. They travel to the Chiefs, then they have the Cowboys, then they have the Raiders on Thanksgiving, and then they go to the Saints and Washington. So three out of the next four on the road for the Cowboys. They have to figure out a way, have to figure out a way to go at worst two and two if they want to keep pace with that two or three seed. I don't think they're going to get the one seed because I just believe that the schedule for them is going to shape up where they're going to lose at least five games. So with that said, if they're going to be 12 and five, I I just think that the, the Packers and Arizona or the Packers and... Uh, the Rams, if they can get back on the horse and make it, somebody's going to make a run that's going to get to 13. So the one seed, I think, is totally out. But like I said, the important thing in the AFC is going to be staying out of the four spot with with that. 
the the Falcons are at home to the Patriots. The Bills 45 to 17 over the Jets and I guess the quarterback experiment for the Jets that everyone on Twitter was going crazy about telling me that you know White was the kid now that Zach Wilson that they drafted somebody and White was the kid cuz he had one game. Well, I guess that's over. White was 24 for 44 with four interceptions. One, two, three, four. Four. Okay, and that game was essentially over at 17 to three. And then coming out of the second half, the Bills just blew it wide open, scoring 21 unanswered in that quarter. You know, the funny thing is that if you look at uh, the stats for the Jets offensively, I mean, they had 296 yards passing. They had 366 yards of offense. The way they should be playing defense, that game should be a lot closer. But the short fields, the five turnovers, that's not going to help. You know, and they're just not good enough against a team like Buffalo to withstand that. And, you know, the head coach who's supposed to be a defensive coordinator has to be better. I constantly see that across the league with guys who take over jobs and they got the jobs because they were phenomenal coordinators, whether they were offensive coordinators, defense coordinators, and then they get to teams and they stop doing what got them the job. I never understood that. Just never understood that. And right now the Jets are a bad defensive team. And the funny thing is that early in the year, I was throwing bouquets at them where people were sending me messages saying, man, you really think the Jets are good? And my point was, no, I don't think they were good, but I thought they were playing well defensively. But now, I mean, it's comical. I mean, they gave up 45 to the Bills, 45 to the Colts, 31 to the Bengals in a win, 54 to the Patriots. At least they're home this week to the Dolphins, and Tua would need about eight quarters to get to the 30s with points. So that's going to be that's gonna be uh, a, a better showing for the defense. The Colts travel... Um, to Buffalo. So the Buffalo will be home to host the Colts. And that's going to be another game where the Bills now having the same amount of wins as New England, but being a game, a half game up because they have one less loss. This becomes an important game for them. You know, the Bills schedule, which early in the year, I thought they would run through. And I thought that they would be undefeated going through the schedule until they played the Bucks on December 12th kind of is taking a little shift here because the Colts are playing a little bit better and they're in the middle of this at five and five then the Bills go to the Saints always a tough place to play they don't have much quarterback play now well they haven't had much quarterback play all year but it's still a tough place to play so you got to deal with Camara, and that defense is always pretty good and then you're going to have the Patriots, who you probably thought you'd have about a two-game lead on going into that Monday night game. And then you have the Bucs still on the schedule. You have to go to New England. So it's it's a little bit tougher than, than, than we probably would have thought four or five weeks ago. Speaking of the Patriots, the Patriots were just 
all over Cleveland to the tune of 45-7. to They just beat them up physically, 24-7 to at the half, pitched a shutout in the second half, just a phenomenal job by Bill Belichick and that squad. 31st downs, 452 yards of offense. They held Cleveland, a team that usually runs for close to 200 yards. They held them to 217 total yards and held them under 100 rushing. 34 to 26 time of possession in that game. Mac Jones, 19 for 23, 198, and three touchdowns. And uh, Mayfield was just brutal. 11 for 21, 73 yards passing, one and one. The more I look at Baker Mayfield play, the more he reminds me of a 1980s solid quarterback. You know, the guy that was going to, Win you some games if your defense played well. Uh, Dave Craig type. Uh, Jim McMahon type. It, 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 it's weird how this guy, he's another one that gets a lot of attention. And maybe because he was the, 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 the number one pick. But he just, from week to week, you get these highs and these lows. And statistically speaking, he's just... He's just to me, he just looks like a solid NFL quarterback, maybe an above average NFL quarterback. I, I just don't see what I what, what some people see in him. The Patriots travel to Atlanta next week, and the Browns are home to the Lions. Speaking of those Lions, they travel to Pittsburgh. And really hurt Pittsburgh's chances. They tied. It was weird. A, a tie in, in, in this game, ironically, did nothing for either team. You know, a lot of times the tie can come back to help a team fighting for a playoff spot because it's the difference in a tiebreaker scenario. But the Steelers really needed to get that win if they were going to make the playoffs because their schedule moving forward with the Chargers and the Bengals on the road and then having the Ravens, the Vikings, the Steelers, the Chiefs, the Browns, and the Ravens again, that was the last gimme on their schedule. They needed that game. And to go there and, you know, well, not go there because they were home, but to go into that game, and turned the ball over three times. Now, look, I know I know people are going to say, well, you know, they had Mason Rudolph playing, you know, but Rudolph was 30 for 50 for 242. You know, Harris ran for 100 yards. This came down to the three turnovers. That's really what it came down to. Because realistically, they had enough. They had enough offensively to win the game. But the two fumbles were just killers. And give credit to Detroit. Because, look, they, they, they still do not have a win on their resume. But they're competing, man. They're competing. They went on the road and competed a week after getting beat up at home by the Eagles. 
they went there and, and, and they showed a little gumption. The Lions, like I said, travel to Cleveland to play the Browns and the Steelers got a trek across the country to play the Chargers. The Seahawks really took one on the chin. Green Bay, 17-0. Boring game. I sat there watching this game, and it, there was really nothing. Both quarterbacks were a little rusty, uh, particularly Wilson, who hadn't played in five weeks. He was he was really, really rusty, and that offense just looked all out of whack the entire game. And Green Bay is doing some nice things defensively because if you really look at it, Green Bay the week before against the Chiefs, if they would have had any type of semblance of offense, they would have won that game. They held the Chiefs to 13 points. They held the Cardinals to 21. Washington's not good offensively, but held them to 10. The Packers to 14. You know, Green Bay quietly is playing really, really well defensively. And now they travel next week to play the Vikings in what could be, you know, a tough blow for the Vikings if they lose that game. But it's also an opportunity to get back in the mix and get a good win on that column and try to get the 500. Seattle, on the other hand, they're in trouble. They're in trouble. They're home to the Cardinals this week. The only blessing they could have is if the quarterback doesn't play. Because if Kyler Murray plays, I just can't see the Seahawks winning this game. Now, they do get a little reprieve after that because they have Washington. Who all, I mean, I guess you could say Washington played a little bit better this week at home, but they do go to Washington. Then they have the 49ers at home and the Texans. Can you get all three of those games? I just don't know if the Seahawks are consistent enough to do that. But they are they are playing the Cardinals this week at home. Uh, like I said, Green Bay is at the Vikings. The funny thing about this game was that besides the fact that it was boring as hell watching it, Green Bay only scored 17 points, and all that stuff really was in the fourth quarter. They had 14 points in the fourth quarter, but the interesting thing was that the time of possession in this game was 40 to 20. So the Seattle defense actually played pretty well also. You know, so but it was just a weird, crazy game, one of the weirdest games you'll ever see if you're watching and sitting down and watching these games. Uh, you know, like I do. It was just a weird. I went through the game in about 30 minutes, you know, fast forwarding with all the three and outs and the punts and everything. It was just, it was just a weird game. Weird game. Chiefs 41 to 14 over the Raiders. And let me tell you something. I got this wrong. I really, really, really felt the Raiders were going to win this game. And I thought they were going to win it outright. I didn't even think I was going to need the three points that Vegas was giving them. But the Raiders, they they were just terrible. Terrible. And you know, coming out of the half, coming out of the half down 17 to 7. They come out of the half and they get that touchdown to make it to make the game 17-14. You really thought that they were going to wake up, but from that point on 
a 24 to nothing run by the Chiefs ends up in a blowout. The Raiders do nothing, nothing offensively the rest of the game. Mahomes, who had been struggling the last bunch of weeks, really, I think he's been struggling the whole year, finally woke up to the tune of 35 for 50, 406, and five touchdowns. Uh, Kelsey and Williams both went over 100 yards receiving Tyreek Hill 7 for 83 for two touchdowns. The Raiders right now are a little bit of an enigma because they're playing well enough to stay above water at 5 and 4, but they're also playing bad enough where they're really not doing anything positive to show you that they can beat any of these good teams that are left on their schedule. They're home to the Bengals this week. Then they have the Cowboys. They do have Washington sprinkled in there in between. But then they have the Chiefs, the Browns, the Broncos who are hanging around, the Colts and the Chargers. I just don't know if the Raiders are good enough are good enough to get to that magical number, which is probably going to be 10 in the AFC in reference to lock in a wild card spot. Like I said, the Raiders are home to the Bengals. The Chiefs are home at 4 o'clock. The Fox game, the marquee game of the weekend, hosting the Dallas Cowboys. The Dolphins 22 to 10 over the Ravens. That was the Thursday night game. Look, we don't need to rehash this. You guys know how I feel about the Ravens. They're lucky to be six and three. And they went into Miami and they got their butts whooped. Flat out. Lamar Jackson, 26 for 43, 238, a touchdown and an interception. He only ran for 39 yards. So obviously that controlled. Their ground game, if you really look at their numbers statistically, they had 304 yards total offense, and they were held under 100. So when you can do that to a Ravens team and you force them to pass, we know who Lamar Jackson is. And give the Dolphins credit. They showed up on a Thursday night at home, lost the time of possession, lost the first down battle, Lost the ground game battle. They only ran for 60 yards, but they figured it out. They figured it out. Tua, 8 for 13, 158 in relief. Brissett, 11 for 23, 156. Started and got pulled. There's not much more to say in this game here other than the Ravens had one of those games that they've been having but they really did not get fortunate or get those bounces that they've been getting, whether it was the penalty in the Detroit game, the fumble in the Kansas City game. Let us not even mention how they won that Indianapolis game when they were getting their butts kicked the entire game. It's just been a a weird season for the Ravens, and people keep on believing that they're better than they are. I don't. The Ravens travel to the Bears this week in a game where they're going to struggle again offensively because the Bears will control what they do. I'm interested to see what that line is. 
the Dolphins travel to the Jets. Triangle Link. Triangle Link is the leading manufacturer in the screen printing industry, delivering the finest inks for over 35 years. Check them out at trianglelink.com or call them at 1-800-524-1592. Paramus Driving School. Safety and professionalism begins with Paramus Driving School, serving the North Jersey area like no other. Contact them at paramusdrivingschool.com or call them at 201-986-8300. Verona Wine Cellars, located on 360 Bloomfield Avenue in Verona, provides top-of-the-line alcohol, especially wines, for any occasion and any price range. Stop in and tell my guy Art Pete Patel that Sergio Rodriguez sent you Verona Wine Cellars. The Colts 23 to 17 over the Jaguars. This game got tight later after uh, after a start where you thought the Colts were going to run away with this game. This game got tight down the stretch and if you really look at it, you know, they were a player too the Jaguars were from really you know from really doing something because they got to 20 to 17 with 11 minutes to go. And even when Badgley kicked that field goal with under three, it was still a six-point game. Give credit to the Jaguars. Not only did they show up the week before and beat the Bills, but they also played the Colts tough on the road. That's why I was saying that that game with the 49ers next week, which, again, I'm interested to see what the line is, is not going to be as 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 uh as simple for the 49ers as you might think. The Jaguars are competing right now. So that's going to be very interesting for 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 uh for the 49ers next week. The Colts, look, they figure out a way to keep on winning right now and stay above water. They're 5 and 5. They travel to Buffalo. That's going to be a tough game. That's going to be a tough game. And then they have the Bucks before they have the Texans. Cold schedule is just difficult down the stretch. They still have the Patriots. Have to go to Arizona. I just don't know if they can get to that 10 win number, which, like I said, is going to be the magic number in the AFC. Carson Wentz, 22 for 34. For 180 yards, Taylor, who I said last week is on an MVP type campaign, 21 for a buck 16 and a touchdown. The Jaguars, Lawrence, 16 for 35, 162. Nothing much else to write home about. Statistically, in this game, there was really only one turnover. It was Jacksonville's total yards in this game, 331 to 295. It wasn't an entertaining game by any means to watch, but it did become a little bit better in the fourth quarter. The Titans 23 to 21 over the Saints. Another game that got a little closer than the game was earlier, right? At, at, at the Titans up 13-6, up 20 to 6 in the third quarter let 
let the Saints get back into the game with a Marquez Calloway score late in the game in the fourth quarter. But there was also a field goal in there. Ingram had a touchdown to make the game 20-12 to and make it a one-score game. You know, the Saints, like I said earlier in the show, defensively always show up and they play well, particularly at home. But right now, offensively, they're going to struggle because they just don't have that consistency. Now, look, Kamara did not play, so we get that. Simeon wasn't terrible, 19 for 34, 298, and two touchdowns. But while you're watching them, and there's something missing. There's just no rhythm to the offense. It took them forever to really get going in this game. It's weird because they, it, it seemed like no matter what they did early, Tennessee had an answer for, and Tennessee came out of the half, scored to go up 20-6, to six, and you really thought the game was over. To their credit, they responded with the Ingram touchdown. But even at, at that point, you look at their their drives, right? So they come out of the third quarter. Like I said, they they get the touchdown to make it 20 to 12. But then they go, they, they punt on that following possession after holding Tennessee to a punt. Then they allow an 11-play, 55-yard drive, which chewed up six and a half minutes in the game and really took the rhythm out of that game for them and let the and let the Titans go up 11. That and then they came down and 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 they went on a long drive themselves but it culminated in a field goal. You just expected a little bit more from them. Um you know, I mean they had the they had the touchdown at the end there and the you know, and they obviously went for two to uh, to tie the game, and uh, it was you know the pass was incomplete. But I just felt like they missed an opportunity in the middle of the game to really have a chance to win this game because I thought Tennessee could have been had on Sunday. The Titans will be home to the Texans, the Saints are home, uh, I'm sorry, are on the road at Philadelphia. What could be a game for a wild card spot in the NFC. The Eagles, you know, are playing better than people think right now. And we're going to speak about the Eagles in a little bit. Washington 29-19 to over Tampa. Probably the shocker of the day for for the league, especially because Tampa was coming off a bye, and I just I, I they were just not ready to play. Brady twenty three for thirty four, two interceptions. Did throw two touchdown passes, but the two interceptions set up Washington, particularly the first one. Heineke twenty six for thirty two, two fifty six, and a touchdown. But the big stat there: no turnovers. No turnovers by Heineke. Washington held Tampa to 273 yards of total offense. They only ran for 53. Now, we know they don't run the ball well to begin with, but they were really held in check. 
they were really held in check. And the two interceptions back-to-back early in the game gave Washington that momentum that they needed to hang around for the entire game. And then, you know, Tampa made the game 16-13. But then they, they, they returned the... Washington comes right back down, eight plays, 71 yards in four and a half minutes and punched them right back in the mouth. Tampa is who I believe they were last year. A solid, really good team, but not a top five team in the league. They got hot last year and you're seeing it again this year. You're seeing it again this year. Washington is on the road at Carolina. But let's look at Tampa Bay here. Now, Tampa Bay is home to the Giants this week on Monday night. They should be fine there. So let's say they get to seven wins. They have to go to the Colts, who's going to be desperate. They have the Falcons. That's eight. The Bills, the Saints, yeah, their schedule's just easy. There's just no way they're not going to get to at least 12 wins. But 12's not going to get them to one seed, and 12 could put them in a battle with the Cowboys for that four seed. And that's that's where it could become an issue. They can't slip up. Although what I will tell you is that Tampa's two hardest games that are left on their schedule are both at home against Buffalo and the Saints. So could they get hot down the stretch? They might, but they're going to get hot against the Jets, the Panthers twice. You know, I, I, I they're not going to be playing anybody meaningful down the stretch. But this was a loss that could cost them the one seed. Because now that you look at their schedule and you realize they could have gotten to 13, that could cost them the one seed. Carolina 34 to 10 on the road against Arizona. Very impressive win. This was also a shocker because, you know, Arizona last week goes on the road without their quarterback and wins the game without the receiver, too, and wins the game at the 49ers. Divisional game, but I but still, you know, solid win. This week, in the same situation playing a worse team at home shows up and they just got throttled at home. Just physically beat up, down 17 nothing in the first in the first quarter, down 23 nothing at the half. And out of the half they come out, what do they do? They get a Matt Prater field goal. You just you know, in those games, if you want to get back into them, you got to score six. And they came out and kicked the field goal, and then they turn around, and then they let Chuba Hubbard basically put the game away at 31-3. Walker for Carolina, 22 for 29, 167 in a pick. Cam Newton came in the game, was three for four for a touchdown. He actually ran one in. Also, McCaffrey, 13 for 95, I'm hearing Newton's going to be the starter now there 
I, these people really think it's six years ago where he was actually a good football player. Never was a great quarterback, but always a great football player. But people think that he's going to change whatever goes on down there. We'll see. We'll see. Again, more name than substance there. A lot of the Odell Beckham uh, effect with him. McCoy for Arizona, 11 for 20 for a buck 07 and a pick. Really not much to speak of in this game statistically for either team. I mean, Arizona, damn near had, they didn't even get to 200 yards. They had 169 yards of total offense, and 65 of that came on the ground. Minnesota with an impressive wins. What do I always tell you guys about the Vikings? They have more lives than a cat. 27 to 20 on the road. When you expect them to win, they lose. When you expect them to lose, they win. They're able to get to four and five right now and put themselves again dead smack in the middle of a wild card spot. The way the NFC is shaping up, give those guys credit. They they played well the entire game, hung in there. They were up 13-3 early, fell behind 17-13, came back and took the lead. Uh, and held on. They went up 10 on a, on a Dalvin Cook touchdown run, and they figured out a way to hang in there, and uh, kudos. Kudos to the Vikings. But like I said, it doesn't surprise me because just when you think they're dead in the water, they come out and they play pretty good. Cousins, 25 for 37, 294, and two touchdowns. Cook, 24 for 94, and a touchdown Justin Jefferson, nine for a 143 and a big third down play to keep that final drive alive, which allowed them to kill the clock. Herbert, 20 for 34, 195, one touchdown, one interception. He has not been sharp. You know, Herbert's got to figure out a way. And look, we're saying he's not sharp. 19 touchdowns, seven interceptions on the season. But he has not been MVP sharp, which is what we expect from Herbert right now. You can't have a quarterback. You can't have a team quarterback by a guy like Herbert have 253 yards at home against a team that's under 500. Unacceptable. And that's what happened. They also lost the time of possession 36 to 24. Also unacceptable. The Vikings aren't that good. Not to go into your home and beat you up that way. Just can't happen. Cannot happen. Now the Chargers this week are at home on Sunday night to the Steelers. Should be a great game. The Vikings are at home versus the Packers. If that line is closer to three or two, this is where it's going to get me. I'm going to tell you the Vikings will the Vikings will be a play. I'm interested to see what that line is. I doubt that line is 4 or 5 because Green Bay really although they've been playing well defensively have not been firing on all cylinders offensively this year. So I'm going to tell you that line's going to be somewhere in the 2 to 3 range. They'll be favorite Green Bay. But if it is, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to tell you the Vikings are the play. I'd be shocked if that line is higher than four. 
the Eagles 30 to 13 over the Broncos. Credit to the Eagles. After they lost to the Cowboys early in the year, where they got just spanked on Monday night, they then traveled. They then played the Chiefs, who came in probably the last time the Chiefs played a good game before this weekend. And it looked like the season was essentially over spiraling to a four or five win season. But since then, the Eagles went to Carolina and beat them. Played the Bucks really tough at home on a Thursday night. And the last two weekends before today, they beat the Lions. Okay, we get it. The Lions aren't that good. But they hung around with the Chargers, beat the Broncos, who the week before had beat up the Cowboys. You know, the Eagles are figuring out a way to hang around here. And lo and behold, they're four and six. And the the NFC has come back to them for the wild card. So why not them? If you look at the Eagles schedule moving forward, Saints at home, winnable game. On the road to the Giants. Okay, it's a divisional game on the road, but it's a winnable game. I mean, that that's going to be a three-point spread. They have the Jets, Washington, the Giants again, Washington. I mean, all those games are winnable. The Eagles could get to eight wins here. Hell, if you want to be cynical... The Giants game, that Giants game, if they can win this week, that Giants game next week could get them in the playoffs because that would put them at 6-6 and with the Jets, Washington, the Giants still at home, and another Washington game before they finish up with Dallas. And that Dallas game is at home. Dallas might not have anything to play for. I think they might have the four seed to play for or the three seed, I should say. But chances are Dallas could be locked into something and the Eagles could back their way into the playoffs here. Denver lost a huge opportunity. Coming off that beatdown of Dallas the week before, they had a chance to really, you know, get ahead of a lot of these teams that lost in the AFC, moved to six and four, because their schedule's a little tough going down the road. But... They had a really good chance, and they missed an opportunity to do that. And they let the Eagles come in and really take control of that game. Teddy Bridgewater, as good as he was the week before, was just that pedestrian this week. 22 for 36 for 226. It was just it was just a missed opportunity by Denver in that spot. Now, Denver next week has a buy and then they have the chargers and the chiefs back to back. And that's why, I, that's why I said they missed an opportunity. And like I mentioned before, the Eagles are home to the saints. Stan sports center, Stan sports center is your local full service authorized team dealer for all of your favorite sports brands, family owned and operated stands has proudly supplied apparel uniforms, equipment, varsity jackets, and much more for the entire tri-state area since 1946. 
Find them online at stansportctr.com and contact them today for your sporting goods needs. I was told that Stans actually is opening up a new facility in Booton. Booton or Butler? I think it was Booton that they said they were going to open up their new their new facility, which is uh, going to be a spectacular um, a spectacular new facility. I've been looking at the uh, I've been looking at the pictures of the of the place and the stuff that they're moving in there looks great. They're still going to have the store in Hoboken open, but uh, it just, it, it looks phenomenal inside there. So um, kudos, kudos to stands getting bigger and better and continuing to be the number one provider of high school gear and definitely with a lot of the local colleges spectacular Stan Sports Center and Stan Sports Center is the sponsor for the Sergio Rodriguez picks although I'll be honest with you they might they might pull their they might pull their 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 sponsorship dollars out after the way I've been going 29 31 and 1 this year Denver and the Rams have the buys this week. Let's go through this schedule really quick. New England's a six and a half point favorite. The total's 41 and a half on Thursday night. I like Atlanta in that game. Cleveland is a 10 point favorite. The total's 44 and a half against Detroit. The unders trending really well in that game. San Francisco, a six and a half point favorite. The total's 45 and a half. I'm going to tell you, if I had to bet somebody, I would bet Jacksonville. I think that that line is really more San Francisco played really well on Monday night on national TV because that line was at five. It's up to six and a half. That means that people are being are buying into what they saw on Monday night. But what have we seen from the 49ers this year? Inconsistency. Buffalo's a seven-point favorite. The total's 50 in that game. The over is going to be special in that game. Miami, a three-point favorite on the road against the Jets. Expect the Jets, after all the turmoil from this past weekend, to get off the deck. The Jets win this game outright. Carolina is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. The total's 42-and-a-half at home against Washington. If I had to bet somebody, I'm going to tell you Carolina is going to be the play. I just don't trust Washington and off two week, you know, off that Tampa game, can they ratchet it up again on the road against the Carolina team that got a little bit of juice from Cam Newton uh, being there? Your best bet in that game is probably to bet the under if you're going to bet something. Baltimore is a six-point favorite on the road against Chicago. Baltimore is not good enough to give anybody six points. And like I said during the show, Chicago will control a lot of what they do offensively. Philadelphia is a one and a half point favorite at home against the Saints. The total's 43 and a half. That game's got under written all over it. Tennessee is a 10 and a half point favorite at home against Houston. 10 and a half's a lot of points for a team that 
although has been playing well, hasn't really been dominating on the ground without Henry. If I had to bet it, I probably would take Houston and the points, but but I would probably just stay away from that game. Here we go. This is what the game I was looking, the, the line I was interested in here. Green Bay is a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road against Minnesota. Give me Minnesota. Cincinnati's a one-point favorite on the road against Vegas. You got to like Vegas in this game, and you got to like the over. Arizona's a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road against Seattle. That line just basically tells me that they're going to let Kyler Murray rest. They have a bye the following week, so that way you buy him two more weeks. I'm going to tell you Seattle shows up and shows out in this game. Kansas City is a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home against Dallas, a game you got to probably stay away from because Vegas is telling you Dallas is going to win this game because Kansas City can't even get the three points that every home team gets. But what kind of performance are you going to get from Mahomes? Was last week just a one-week thing playing against a divisional rival? Is he going to go back to his inconsistencies? And let's let look, let's be honest about one thing. The one thing that the Dallas defense does do is get turnovers. And if Mahomes is going to be shaky with the ball, those turnovers could be in play. If you're going to bet this game, bet Dallas. But I would probably stay away from this game. The Chargers are a five and a half point favorite. The total's 47 and a half. This is a tricky, tricky game here because the Chargers should not be good enough to be a five-and-a-half-point favorite against anybody. Not against anybody that's five-and-three like the Steelers are and play defense like them. But it almost seems like they're begging you to bet Pittsburgh. Might have to go with the Chargers in this game. And in the Monday night game, Tampa is a ten-and-a-half-point favorite. That'll probably close closer to 11 or 11-and-a-half. By the time we get to Monday, the total's 49 and a half. Last year's game, the Giants played them well at home. It was on a short week, if my memory serves me correctly. I just can't see Tampa having two bad offensive performances back-to-back. Although I'm playing against Brady in fantasy this week, so I'm kind of hoping that the Giants take care of some business in this game defensively. Probably a game you got to stay away from. Later in the week, we're going to have Zach Braziller from the New York Post to do a college hoops roundup. We're also going to, we're setting up, we should have Kenny Davidoff on Friday to do a show to talk about baseball, some early signings already. Syndergaard signed with the Angels. Uh, Berrio stayed with Toronto. A lot of baseball stuff going on. More than I thought would happen, seeing that they're going through their, or they're going to probably have this labor dispute going on. Remember that you've been listening to the Sergio Rodriguez Show, a show unlike any other. <laughs>